From the broadcast booth to a courtside seat to the post-game locker room, nobody's closer to the action than our guys. He reluctantly told me the truth of that day, which is that the whole legend about Bryant bringing Cunningham into the uh, Alabama locker room was not true. That it didn't happen. This is the Press Box. Indeed, it is the full house on this Thursday, February 10th, episode 274. Mike Grace in the Breakline Optics Studios. There's J.D. Byers from Mobile, Brad Law from Auburn, Chris Stewart in Birmingham. And I know that voice. Chris, help me out, man. Who was that, Who was that masked man? Who was that masked man? That masked man you heard was the previous appearance from the guy who's making his current appearance from rebelgrove.com, longtime writer, former uh, buddy of ours in the radio industry in Mobile, and former writer in Birmingham. Now that I've done all the intro, there's no time to have him on the show. But I'm talking about Neil McCready. Great to see you last night, buddy. Hope you're doing well. Chris, it was great seeing you too, as always, bud. Thank you, man. Uh, entertaining game for a while last night. I guess that was just from the Bama perspective. But, Lord, I, the ball going through the net as many times as it was on both sides, I would imagine, was just from a basketball perspective, uh, pretty entertaining to watch. Yeah, there's some good offensive guard play. Um, the, you know, this Ole Miss team's 12 and 12. They're like three and eight in the league or whatever. I mean, you know, in a league where there are a lot of storylines, this team doesn't have one. I mean, I'm, I'm just being frank. It's, it's a boring season to cover. And so sometimes the, the interesting part from my perspective covering Ole Miss is watching the other teams. And, and um, I'm super high on Alabama and I have been all year. And you watch them in person. That was my first time to watch them in person this season. And they're so explosive offensively. They are uh, they're erratic defensively. That might be as nice as I can put it. Um, if they could figure it out on the defensive end, they have so many weapons that they could make a real tournament run. But they've got to they've got to be able to lock down a little bit. Jarkel Joyner was really good for Ole Miss last night. I think he had thirty three and he shot the ball really well. And when he gets hot like that, he's hard to stop. But um, you know that. Um, I, I, Alabama's a good team. I like them. Uh, I, I don't. I don't like them as much as I like two or three of the other teams in the league. But I think Alabama can be a top four team in the SEC. And I think if they get the right draw and they can play some, can lock in on the defensive end. I do think they can be a second weekend team in the tournament. Yeah, you know that. That's the thing about the tournament itself. And I'm, I'm with you there, Neil. I I don't know that Alabama can be. First of all, Auburn's done so much to put themselves in the spot they're in now. I don't know if anybody's sure. going to be able to really catch them, but man, the NCAA tournament is a different entity in and of itself, and Alabama is the kind of team that could go, could get bounced on the first day. I fully acknowledge that, but also get the feeling that, man, if they get just a couple of little pieces figured out at the right time, they could stick around for a while. Well, you know, guard play carries you a long way in the tournament. You know that. And, and Alabama's got really good guard play. I mean, I, I love Quinterly. He, he's His ability, you know, he, he doesn't show because Shackelford got, I don't know, with 30, I think, last night. And But yeah. it, I thought it was Quinterly that really hurt Ole Miss with his ability to just beat guys off the dribble, to get into the paint, to create. They had a lot of, you know, easy looks at the basket because of, of Javon's penetration. And it's the reason, and I love Auburn's team. I mean, I, 
I mean, I live with a uh, NBA draft junkie who is desperate for his team, the Oklahoma City Thunder, to end up with Jabari Smith. <laughs> so uh, we went and saw Auburn. I actually went just as a normal person, and, and a buddy of mine has courtside seats, and we went to that Auburn Ole Miss game in Oxford about a month ago, whenever that was, and mainly so that uh, Carson could watch Jabari Smith up close in person. But the one thing about Auburn is as good as their guard play is, sometimes I think their guards – it gets in their head how good they are and they try to carry games and they get in, themselves in trouble. And it happened in Fayetteville the other night. Um, if I'm Bruce Pearl, and I know this is not what you had me on for these today, when, when we sit down and watch film, there's a conversation about, Hey, Jabari Smith's not going to be here long. Let's get it. Let's, let's get points out of him. Let's, let's feed Walker Kessler in the post. Those are things that a lot of college teams can't combat. Auburn's guards are really good, and when they're on, they're they're kind of not beatable. But when they get a little erratic, like they were the other night in Fayetteville, they can make mistakes and let teams stay in games. And, and a good team like Arkansas, and Arkansas is good. They're not great, but they're good. A uh, a good team like Arkansas will take advantage of that, especially in an environment like the one they had at Bud Walton on Tuesday. Yeah, no doubt. Neil, this uh, uh, this is Brad in Auburn, and that, that's an Auburn team that, uh, from three, the guards haven't been particularly accurate the, the last half a dozen games or so, and it will be interesting to watch as, as the season plays out. Back back to Ole Miss, there's a stretch coming up for the Rebels to, to make a little hay. Four of their next five games, Missouri, South Carolina, Georgia, Texas A&M. They, they do come here in that five-game stretch, but – for, for as much up and down, uh, for for all the struggles, with Jarkel back on the, the team, and, and we saw what he did last night, there's an opportunity to create a little forward momentum with this team the next two to three weeks. I guess. Look, they, they, I mean, they go to Como on Saturday night. They lost to Missouri by 26 at home last time they played them. Um, you know, South Carolina, sure, they could win that game, but they could lose that game. They could lose to A&M. They, they'll – They'll struggle mightily at Auburn, and they still got to go to Kentucky. They, they got Vanderbilt at home, and that's one of the more underrated teams in the league. They're not a tournament team or anything like that, but I think people write them off, and then you see them in person, and, and, and you can get beat by them. It, it, this team, look, this team's problem is pretty simple, and anybody who covers this program knew it going into the season. They just don't have enough guys who can create offense. They don't have enough knockdown shooters. Now, with Deshaun Ruffin out for the season, you've got a bunch of guys being asked to play out of place. Deshaun created a lot of um, of shots for uh, Luis Rodriguez, for Matthew Morrell. As good as a scorer as Jarkel is, he's not a great distributor. He's not a great orchestrator of offense. He's just a guy in an ideal world. He's kind of your sixth man who comes off the bench and he's sort of a microwave and he gives you some points. And He's small. He's not a great defender. They, they were going to have a hard time playing he and Ruffin together. I think some of us just sort of question the way this roster was built. And then when you put the injuries in, um, it, it just wasn't – they, they really never had a chance. Their recipe to winning games is – and you know, and you've watched Auburn play a lot this year. Auburn wins games because a lot of games because they can win games in a lot of different ways. This team's recipe for winning games is everybody plays really well at the same time, and that's that's asking a lot. That that creates a really narrow path, and they've fallen off that path more often than not. We are visiting with RebelGrove.com. Uh, 
writer, Neil McCready, kind enough to join us. Neil worked in this state a long time before he, he went to, uh, to Mississippi to work. I would be remiss, and I know your time is limited, but if I didn't wind you up and let you go on what's happening at Auburn, given the fact you've covered the different incarnation of a real similar story and problem there, uh, <laughs> go. How about that? I'm just going to put it on the tee. Go. Well, I mean, from, you know, 30,000 feet, as someone who's been at zero feet, it's pretty obvious that this is another coup attempt. This is kind of what Auburn does. Um, It's a coup attempt where I don't know that they – I think they start the coup and they sort of get into the coup, and then they go, okay, now how do we we finish this? And what do we do if we're successful? And and then I think they all look at each other and go, I hadn't thought about that. I just thought the coup would be fun. And – They've gone after this guy. They've accused him of personal dalliances. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. I felt sorry for the the young woman whose picture passed all over the internet over the as a, as a father of of girls in their teens and and in early twenties. I, I I felt there was a a sickness. I kind of felt about that. And then Auburn people, I think they're boosters. Some of the powerful people have tried to throw a racism charge at him, which I think is really dangerous. Um, you know, there's a difference between things being said and, 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 and proving that one is a racist. And then let's just hypothetically say any and all of this is true. Well, then that's on you for not doing your research. You only hired him a year ago. He didn't get to Auburn and just flip a switch. I mean, perhaps you should have done a little more due diligence, you know, when, when you were orchestrating the last coup, because the last coup was to get rid of Gus Malzahn and hire Kevin Steele, and Alan Green decided that he had enough power, and that's not who he wanted, and he hired his guy, and it's been a disaster. And Now you've hamstrung him, and he's clearly not going to negotiate a settlement, nor should he. And so if you're Auburn, you have two choices now, and neither are any good. One is that you pay him 18-whatever-million dollars to just go away, and you, you have two coaches now that you're paying, coaching staffs and support people who sign contracts. Or two, you try to do some form of damage control, and I don't know how you pull that off when you have to then turn around and say, oh, yeah, we got to recruit against Nick Saban, and we got to recruit, recruit against Kirby Smart and Brian Kelly and, um, you know, uh, whoever you want to name in the SEC, an SEC that's only going to get harder soon when Oklahoma and Texas join. Uh, it, it, and, you know, Billy Napier is going to do really well at Florida. They've got to recruit against him. Uh, the guy at South Carolina has got it kind of heading in the right direction. The guy at Tennessee has got it headed in the right direction. Lane Kiffin's had success at Ole Miss. This is just not a great time for Auburn to play these games, but that's what they're doing. And I, I mean, I, I don't see how you keep Harson at this point, but the, the attitude of, well, let's figure out a way to fire him with cause has lawsuit written all over it because I just don't think you can label someone a racist and not be able to prove that you might end up paying a lot more than 18.3 at that point. I mean, if I'm Brian Harson and Auburn's going to fire me with cause and because I'm quote a racist end quote, no, 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 I'm getting, we're, we're taking this thing all the way. Now, if Auburn wants to cut me a check for 18.3, I'll just hang out in Mexico and head back to the bar and, and order another daiquiri because that's cool. But they shouldn't have hired him if they didn't know whatever it is that they've learned about him that they don't like. That's kind of on Auburn more than it is on Brian Harson. Last thing, we'll let you go. Is Lane Kiffin the guy in Oxford? You've had a decent sample size now. Is What's he going to be when it's all said and done? He's done a really good job. 
he's certainly made their program relevant. He's made their program exciting. And they've won a lot of games. I mean, they went 10-3, and three, and I think they finished 11th or 12th in the country, which by pretty much any standard that's not in Tuscaloosa or Athens these days, that's awfully good. Um, he's relied heavily on the transfer portal, which, you know, the jury's out on that. They've brought in a lot of really good players, Jackson Dart, Zach Evans, guys that, frankly, Ole Miss typically struggles to recruit out of high school. Wayne has had success in the transfer portal. Is that sustainable over time? I don't know. It might be cutting edge. It might be it might be a, a dramatic error. Lane's name pops up. Like, let's just say Brian Harson gets let go at Auburn. Lane's name is going to pop up at Auburn because it's two things. One, I'm convinced that Lane's people puts his name out there because Lane likes his name out there. And two, writers love to put Lane Kiffin in the headline because it gets clicks. And Lane never shoots that stuff down. And if he's going to stay at Ole Miss long term, and I don't know the answer to that, Chris, maybe, maybe not. But if he is going to stay at Ole Miss long term and he's going to compete for championships, he does have to figure out a way to bounce that narrative that he's always looking to leave because I do think it hurts him on the recruiting trail. I don't think it hurts him in the transfer portal, but I think it hurts him on the recruiting trail. And They're in the midst of a pretty highly competitive recruiting battle for a quarterback out of New Orleans right now that will go a long way to sort of determining his immediate legacy at Ole Miss. Like if he doesn't get Arch Manning, as of today, I don't think he will. If he doesn't get Arch Manning, he's going to have to recruit at a pretty high level and keep winning for people to not hold that against him. And if he does get Arch Manning, I think a lot of people will look at that and say the Mannings were assured that there was stability inside the program, and that might be an indication that Lane's here for a while. Our workspaces are in very different spots at that great arena, and you went out of your way to find me, and I really appreciate that last night. Thank you also for your time today. We'll catch up soon, okay? My man, you've been a friend for a long time. I'm so glad to see you doing well and healthy and uh, happy, and, and good luck the rest of the way. I hope to talk to you soon. Thank you, buddy. Same here. Take care. He's a good one, man. He's an absolute good one. Neil McCready. Very, very yeah. good indeed. Neil McCready, rebelgrove.com, kind enough to uh, spend time with us. And I feel bad because I don't follow some of these specific websites. I just know Neil Ole Miss beat as good as there is and plugged in oh, yeah. as well as anybody yeah. over there. It, there are and, some places you go to the website for the content. There are other places you go to the individual, yeah. where, wherever yes. it may be. Yep. And, and here's the thing with, with Neil. If I'm not mistaken, he's an Ole Miss grad. I think you're right. I'm pretty yep. sure I think you're an right. Ole Miss grad. Mm-hmm. So much of his time has been spent over there. He's so honest in, in giving his opinion and – being accurate in what he covers, Mo, you know, most fan bases love their their writers, and so often their their guys get labeled as being, well, you're a homer, you're a fan of, and frankly, it's better for business if things are going and you're writing positive things. Yeah, but Neil is a journalist, and he is not afraid to go the other way, and has many times in picking apart. Yeah, mistakes that are made there, and he has his critics, but dear Lord, he is read and read often and read well because he's accurate and he works really hard. Yeah, 
And evidence of that, by the way, I tried to set him up with a nice, rosy, sunny outlook on the next <laughs> five games on the on the Ole Miss schedule. And his uh, nice sunshine try. pumper response was, nah, nah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. You can't, you can't get that with Bass Neal. No, no. He's going to tell you straight up what he thinks, what he feels, and uh, what he knows. And he knows a lot. He's, he's as inside a program as anybody we know of. We got Chris Stewart and J.D. Byers with us, guys. We talked about the policy news out of Auburn University yesterday in the opening segment, did Brad and I. Um, do you guys need to be reminded, are y'all up to date on what happened yesterday? And, I, and again, your thoughts on how that applies to the current Brian Harson situation at Auburn? Give me the give me the fifteen second thumbnail on exactly what it is. Hold on, I was there for the first segment yesterday. Yeah, yeah, and I don't remember any of this, but remember, I'm highly medicated, so this will be new to me. <laughs> okay, even though I was right here. <laughs> no, look, Auburn University with a new employee policy. Employees have a duty to cooperate fully and truthfully with investigations, inquiries, and reviews relating to their university responsibilities and professional obligations. Employees, uh, again, uh, violations of this policy may result in disciplinary action up to and including termination. So here's what my my little attorney would be uh, coming back with. That's not the terms under which I signed my contract. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So that may be your policy now on new contracts. Yeah. That ain't the policy on the contract I signed. Yep, yep. Uh, so, and it is clear and would be probably, although it's hard to figure anything out in a court of law, that that would be uh, – that would be clear what they were, what the attempt was in in that regard. Here, that here's like, what did it, you say? That's an Auburn University, yeah thing, yeah, yeah. University. It sounds like, but should, shouldn't that come out of Montgomery and any publicly funded state institution, or therefore the same or similar, be under the same auspices and not just apply to Auburn? That way, yeah. it's a state rule in higher education. This is what you will do, and well, if you're an employee as of. December first, two thousand twenty-one. You will adhere to this. Yeah, that, that's kind of what what I said in the in the first segment was. And now, look, I'm not an expert on university policies or corporate policies, but yeah. I would think that that's standard, pretty much anywhere. Yeah, that, that's what I was. Thinking. You know that that it's written somewhere, and maybe it just wasn't here well, until this week. But my expectation is that would be standard anywhere. And I don't have personal knowledge of this, but again, from research I did yesterday, there were there were those commenting regarding an, an Auburn investigation into the basketball program in 2017 that I, I'm 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 told Bruce Pearl did not cooperate with. Um, oh yeah. So I mean, it, that's that's what it that was then. That's this what is the now. word. Yeah. That's what word on the street was. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah. Different. Different deal. Yeah, I different deal. And this is where I think they're trying to bottom line. Bottom line. I think it's a standoff right now. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing everything he can not to save the job, but to force them to pay every nickel of the required separation at this point if he yeah. feels he's done nothing wrong. $18.2 million. If they want to get rid of, rid of Brian Harson, somebody needs to come up with a, with a check. And you hired me a year ago? Yeah. And you don't have calls? Yeah. I'm not saying I'm a huge yeah. fan either way, but yeah. yeah.